You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Our Zhao You Doing for today is coming up in a little bit. Lily Zhao from Fox 6 in Milwaukee will be here to wrap up our conversation about the Chicago Bears and the Packers handling of them on Sunday night. We will look forward a little bit to the Philadelphia Eagles who are struggling to find any sort of consistency, any sort of continuity, and see if they can't turn their season around, despite the fact that they're approximately 3-30, and just like every team in the NFC East. They still have a chance to win their division. And so while they haven't played well all season, this is still a talented football team that Green Bay is going to have to take seriously, that they're going to have to play well against if they want to get a win. Before we get to Lillian, before we talk about that, I want to talk about something that Rob Domofsky wrote about yesterday for ESPN. There are only two guys left who are real MVP contenders. As we sit here coming out of week 12, Kyler Murray has played his way off of the MVP list. And Russell Wilson cannot stop turning the ball over the last month. He has played his way off the MVP list. Josh Allen, they've lost some dumb games. He has been a little bit more up and down than he was to start the season. I think he has played himself off the MVP list. That leaves Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. And what Rob Domofsky at ESPN pointed out was just about everyone in the league agrees The Chiefs have the best skilled players in football. And if they don't have the best, if they don't have the number one skill group, it's a top three skill group. Travis Kelsey is, this season at least, the best tight end in football. And according to Pro Football Focus's data scientists, he has created twice as much value as any other tight end in the league this season in terms of wins above replacement. He is a unique field-tilting threat. Tyreek Hill as we saw on Sunday, can wreck games by himself. And that's before we get to Sammy Watkins, McCole Hardman, uh, Demarcus Robinson even, and obviously Andy Reid is one of the best offensive minds in football, if not number one. Okay, we know that. Everyone agrees on that, by the way. And then we get to the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers is, of course, great. But we spent all offseason... On this show, every talking head show, every podcast, every radio show talking about the Packers need to add talent. 
And then what did they do? Nothing. They added no one of substance, right? And while I spent a lot of my time saying, look, Alan Lazard showed a lot. I think he can be a really good football player. And he has been in in small bursts this season when he's been healthy. Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show yesterday waxed poetic about all of the little stuff that Lazard does, his intelligence, the nuance in his game. All of that is great. He is not on the level of Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill. MVS, not on the level even of Sammy Watkins or probably McCole Hardman, who is one of the most combustible, dynamic players in the league, even though he doesn't get a ton of targets. So shouldn't all of that matter? And doesn't it matter even more so? Because there's really not much subjectivity to it. Because there is consensus around what this Packers skill group is and isn't. And there is consensus about what this Chiefs skill group is and isn't. And beyond that, we have to have these discussions. Oh, whose scheme is better? You know, I think most people would agree to Andy Reid. And, and certainly he is a more established uh, offensive coach, having done this for 20 plus seasons. You know, we could talk about offensive line. Sure, Green Bay's offensive line has been awesome this year. Maybe Green Bay has better running backs. We know, statistically speaking, the running back position does not really affect what the quarterback does. And having a good run game does not mean you have a good play action game. So the running back part of this, Green Bay certainly has better running backs. I think they have a better running back room. Aaron Jones is better than any player the Chiefs have. And I would say Jamal Williams at this stage in Le'Veon Bell's career is, is probably a more impactful player. We don't even need to have those discussions because everyone agrees the Chiefs have better skill guys. And so when you look at the statistics, Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes are near even on all of them. And so if what you're looking at is two quarterbacks, just blind, two quarterbacks who have produced nearly the same rate, Aaron Rodgers, 33 touchdowns, four interceptions. Patrick Mahomes, 30 touchdowns, two interceptions. Patrick Mahomes has, you know, 300, a little almost 400 more yards, but he's also got more than 40 more attempts. They're completing almost identical uh, number of passes, so their completion percentage is almost the same. If you look at some of the advanced stats, you know, EPA per play, really close. Unadjusted EPA per play, really close. Success rate, really close. Their, their completion percentage above expectation, really close. So if their production is nearly the same, but one guy has a better supporting cast, then don't we have to take into account degree of difficulty? And none of this is to undercut what Patrick Mahomes has done. He's incredible, and he still in his career, in, in three seasons almost, has not had a bad game. He has not had any game as bad as what Rodgers was against Tampa Bay. That is true. But when we're talking about degree of difficulty, how can we say that what Aaron Rodgers is doing with less supporting cast talent is not, that it doesn't matter. We don't have to say it's more impressive or not, but that we have to take into account the fact that Rodgers is doing this with a cast of guys, even if you agree Devontae Adams is great, we agreed in the offseason Devontae Adams was great. Even if you agree Aaron Jones is great, we agreed in the offseason Aaron Jones was great. But beyond that, they don't have great 
players and their depth is not great. The Chiefs have great players beyond their number one receiver, great pass catcher in, in Travis Kelsey, a former number one on his own, Sammy Watkins, although he's been hurt just like Alan Lazard, but they still, you have Hardman, you have Robinson, you have these other guys who I think if you ask most fans, most teams, they would rather take the Chiefs' others after the top guy, if for no other reason than Travis Kelsey is the trump card. Okay, that part of it, we shouldn't have to argue. It's consensus. Most people agree. Now, what about the schedule? And if you look at what Football Outsiders does, where they defense adjust everything, Okay, it's not just productivity. It's the productivity you have relative to your competition, right? Well, the Chiefs, their schedule defensively that they faced is the easiest in the league. The easiest group of defenses any team has faced so far this season is the Kansas City Chiefs. So even if... We thought the supporting cast around these two quarterbacks was the same. One team has faced an extremely easy schedule. The other team, the Packers, have faced the 11th toughest group of defenses in the league to date. So again, even if they were even, one team has had a much harder group of defenses that they have had to face in their 11 games green bay has played a top half defense by dvoa in seven of their 11 games more than half so most of their games most of their games have been against above average defenses by dvoa at least heading into week 12 the chiefs have played two games against above-average defenses. Two. So now we can put those things together. The Packers have played a harder schedule. They've got fewer weapons at the top, fewer weapons in depth, and yes, they do have a better offensive line. But the Chiefs' offensive line by pass block win rate has been in the top 10. It's not a bad group. The Packers' depth at receiver, especially after the top two, bad. 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 So all of these things add up. And you go, wait, the guy who has played the tougher schedule, who has the non-future Hall of Fame coach, at least right now, who has the inferior group of, of pass catchers, that guy is performing at the same rate as the guy who has the elite pass catchers and who has played the easy schedule and who has one of the best offensive minds of his generation? How can we not take that into account? Now, I'm not even saying that... Aaron Rodgers is the MVP over Patrick Mahomes. But what I'm saying is the context has to matter when we're having these kinds of discussions. Today's episode is brought to you by Echelon. This time of year, we're thinking about what to get our friends, our family, what we want for ourselves. 
Don't you want the gift of good health and at a healthy price? And, and not by healthy, do I mean big? I mean healthy, like fits in your budget, like good for your financial health. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment, of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all-new Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your home. Unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone, and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try any Echelon fitness equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com slash NFL to find more. Coming up tomorrow on Locked on Packers, it's our crossover Thursday as we look ahead to the struggling Philadelphia Eagles. Make sure you're always up to date with Locked on Packers by subscribing iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. Last week on Zao You Doing, Lily and I said, hey, wouldn't it be fun to have a blowout win that we could come back and talk about? And Lily, we got to do that. So here we are. Zao You Doing? Uh, Peter, uh, Zao You Doing? I'm doing great. Uh, you know, I feel like we can predict the future. So if anyone wants to send us their lottery predictions, maybe we'll get you some money. Maybe like a 10% agent fee, right? Five right. Or just like send us your money. That works too. But yeah, doing great, doing great. It was a great week for Packers football and they proved that they are kings of the NFC North. Kings in the North. Before we get to that though, we have to, this is like something that has to be debated apparently every time uh, Thanksgiving comes around. Favorite side. What is it? Ooh. Okay. I'm like a, a, a mix between like mashed potatoes or mac and cheese. I think that's a good one to punch. Yeah, yeah. A really good. I mean, the good news about Thanksgiving is you get to have both. You don't have to pick one. Oh, I know. I had that, some stuffing, some turkey, some green beans. It was uh I, I had some leftovers for two days afterwards and it was delish. Honestly, the the excuse to just eat like mashed potatoes at any meal after Thanksgiving is one of the best parts of the holiday. Well, or like, I, hey, I can just have pumpkin pie for breakfast on a Friday. Bet. I, I had like three pieces of pumpkin pie and some apple pie. So I'm just I'm really enjoying <laughs> So really what we're saying is uh, the last couple of days have been fun uh, and not just food related. The Packers, of course, beat the Bears 41-25. And before we, coming, we, we came on, we were joking that this was a game that Aaron Rodgers should not have been playing late in the fourth quarter, but did because of the defense. We will, of course, talk about the defense in a little bit. But the offense once again comes out against what is a very good defense and plays really well. Can we finally put this narrative to bed that Green Bay cannot handle physical good defenses because they got whatever they wanted against Chicago on Sunday night? 100%. You know, I feel like when they're dialed in, you know, there were a couple games there, the, you know, the Bucks game to be exact, they just, you know, weren't dialed in. But when they're dialed in and they're ready to go, I mean, this offense is unstoppable. And it, you have to give so much credit to that offensive line because they kept Aaron Rodgers clean, gave him monster amounts of time to throw the football, open up lanes. And granted, Akeem Hicks wasn't there in the middle, but still opened up some big rush lanes there for 
Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. So huge props to those guys. But, you know, it was just great to see them score on their opening possession like they have that first chunk of the season. You know, Alan Lazard was back as well. I mean, it was it's just a good amount of football all around. And it was fun to watch because, you know, I don't know about you, Peter, but I like games that they're scoring 30 plus points in. It's just fun. And games that they score 40 plus in are even better. Yeah, true. So one of the reasons why Aaron Rodgers was in there late in the game, and Matt LaFleur said this in his press conference earlier this week, that what see what happened was Tim Boyle was going to go in and the defense gave up another touchdown. And, and this is something that we've seen now in a couple games. You know, the fourth quarter, they give up a bunch of touchdowns to the, the Vikings in week one uh, against Chicago. This happens. So uh, is this something that that once again, we need to be concerned about? Yeah, it's something that you definitely aren't pleased with because, you know, this game should have been shut down when they had, what, was it 10 points on the board at that one point um, or whatever it was, uh, that it should have just been shut down there because, again, you were playing dominating defense, getting the ball back. You know, the first half was brilliant, and then they play prevent because they had the lead, and all of a sudden, you know, Trubisky drives down the field and then put punches in a touchdown and does, does it the same later in the game, and that's not what you want to see because – you know, when you're playing these really tough defenses down the road and, you know, say you have their offense in a bind for the first three quarters and it's looking good and then you play prevent defense and all of a sudden you're kind of in uh, a, a bunch of a battle down the stretch and that's not what you want to see. And, you know, I talked with Adrian Amos yesterday and I asked him, you know, Devontae Adams was asked a couple of weeks ago to grade the offense. He said a solid B. I said, what would you grade this defense right now he- heading into week 13 of the season? And he said, I would give us a C because we're not where we want to be by our standards. Uh, we have to be much better. And and hopefully we see that down the stretch. And, and if there's going to be a reason for optimism down the stretch, it's that Rashawn Gary is playing extremely well. You're, you're getting the best game of the season from Preston Smith and Darnell Savage looks like he has a chance to be a star. Once again, we had some questions about that earlier in the week. Uh, did, did Adrian mention when you spoke to him, any, anyone by name on, on guys that, that he thinks is playing well right now? Uh, sadly he didn't. I asked him more questions about Tavon, which we can get to if we want to. Um, but I will say with Darnell, like we all knew his closing speed was really good. It just was, you know, if balls are coming his way, is he grabbing them? And he certainly did. You know, he tracked that ball in the end zone extremely well to get that first interception. And that's what we expected to see out of him in the secondary uh, you know, when he first got here and it was nice to see that really translate on the field. But like you mentioned, you know, Preston Smith had his best game of the year. And that's what we were all expecting to see because, you know, we've always been talking about Desiderius and rightfully so. But it was nice to see Preston kind of get his uh, time in the spotlight there. Before we get to the, the, the Tavon part of this, and I do want to talk about that uh, because he had some really fun things to say about about new Packer Tavon Austin. Matt LaFleur pointed out uh, earlier this week that if Kevin King just catches the ball in the end zone, we're probably not talking about this this defense, that that they could have had five turnovers pretty easily in this game. It, Charles Woodson is famous for saying, if you just catch the ones they throw to you, you lead the league in interceptions. And it seems like if the Packers would just start doing that, they're in position to make some of these plays to this point in the season. They just hadn't been. And and if they do start making those plays, all of a sudden we might see a a defensive turnaround. That's right. And I guess the first step is actually getting in the right spot, which they were. Um, I guess that next step obviously is to catch the football. Um, And I think that'll come. At least these guys are in the right spot to make those plays. They just got to finish them. 
But it was just good to see, especially, you know, that play with Kevin King and uh, Raven Green there in the end zone with Allen Robinson. If they don't break up that touchdown, I'm like, we're talking about a different game in the first half as well. So, uh, you know, it's very encouraging to see what these guys are doing. But again, it's once we get in the playoffs, it's you're going to have to you're going to have to catch those footballs. Right. Drew Brees is only going to give you so many opportunities. Mitch Trubisky might give you a bunch, but (laughs) Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, they're only going to give you so many and you have to make them. When you have the chance, you mentioned uh, Tavon Austin as it relates to Adrian Amos. I know that seems like it's a a weird connection to make, but it's not. Explain why. Well, first of all, uh, they're both Baltimore guys. So there's your first connection. Um, And, you know, I think uh, Tavon's two years older than Adrian, but, uh, uh, you know, Penn State, West Virginia, which is where Tavon went. There's that rivalry as well. And then they played each other. Uh, in the NFL when they were with the Rams and the Bears, respectively. So, you know, I asked him, I was like, you know, did you know him from your Baltimore days? And he told me, you know, his earliest memory playing against Tavon was when they were both in high school. So uh, Adrian was at Calvert Hall in Maryland, and then Tavon was at Dunbar High School, and they played against each other. But they didn't really know each other that well, but, you know, they did see each other in college and in the NFL down the line. So it was just a very interesting connection because – you know, you're kind of wondering, how did that really work? But, you know, Adrian said that Tavon was probably the best high school player he's seen in his region in the Baltimore area. Uh, had very complimentary things to say about Tavon. He said he was, quote, explosive and dynamic. So, you know, very encouraging words from the safety here on the uh, newest Green Bay Packer. Yeah, and there's some good football being played in the Mid-Atlantic. So it's not like, you know, they're out in some remote Idaho village yep. and oh it's the yeah he's the best high school player I've ever seen no there's some there's some legit football talent in there let's talk about Tavon Austin a little bit because he is someone who Green Bay signs right away to their active roster no practice squad it looks like with the corresponding roster mood with Darius Shepard that he's going to be at least while Tyler Irvin is out the primary kick returner punt returner we saw last year Lily what Tyler Irvin can, can do and what he brought to this team immediately changed what they look like on returns. If Irvin is out, do you think Tavon Austin can bring that same sort of just injection of a little bit of, of dynamic ability that this team needs? I, you certainly hope so, and that's what the Packers brought him in for. I mean, I know he's a veteran guy. He's 29 years old, but you have to believe he still has a lot left in the tank. He has a lot to prove because he you know, hasn't played since 2019. So you have to believe this guy has a lot to prove. And we want to see that on those kick returns because, you know, the Packers, they need some good field position. And I feel like Tavon could be the guy to, to hopefully get that for them and maybe break a long run, run or even get a touchdown and be that Cordero Patterson counterpart in the NFC North. I know that's big words here, but, you know, the reason they brought him in is for that reason. And obviously, hopefully to add some sparks in the offense as well. But you want to see Tavon really take ownership of that role if Tyler is out for more time um, and get that return game going and just get some good field position because that's going to matter down the stretch when it's really cold outside. Yeah, it does seem like if, if this is a move that the Packers make two weeks ago, who knows, they might win that Colts game going away. I mean, that fumble that Shepard had in the second half really built on the momentum that the Colts had created and and put the Packers in a difficult position. Maybe if, if it's Austin back there, That game looks different. Let's turn our attention now to the Philadelphia Eagles. They come off another disappointing loss in a slew of disappointing losses in what has been a disappointing season for the Eagles. I made this half joke on Twitter, so I'll ask you what you think about it. The Packers played Mitch Trubisky on Sunday. They play Carson Wentz this Sunday. Is that a step up or a step down in quarterback competition for this defense? 
<laughs> um, again, no hate to Mitch Trubisky. I still think Carson is better. Um, you just don't want, and I think I brought this up, what, like last week or two weeks ago. You just don't want this to be the game where it's the Philly get right game. Mm-hmm. On a, you don't want this to be the game where Carson's like, you know what? I'm the Carson Wentz of old. I got <laughs> like, you don't want that to be the case. Uh, you don't want them to be um, running the football down your throat. You don't want Carson to be going crazy with his legs and extending plays and getting deep shots down the field. That's not what you want. Um, but in terms of the quarterback play, I do still st- think that Carson is a step above Mitch uh, just with his thro- throwing ability, even though that wasn't so good against uh, the Seahawks there. But you know, this team's going to have a lot to play for. They're, you know, they, their defense is good. Um, yep. But I, I feel like, you know, still, like DK Metcalf went off. So you have to believe that, like, Devontae Adams is licking his chops there. But, uh, you know, it's it's an NFL game. Anything can happen. But, again, you don't want this to be a get-right game for the uh, for the Eagles. No, and, and Darius Slay, who was on DK Metcalf a lot of the game on Sunday, he has familiarity with Devontae Adams. And he couldn't cover Devontae Adams in Detroit either. So this is a little bit like when when Xavier Rhodes, you know, goes to Indianapolis and is like, oh, finally, I can get away from one seven in green. And and Darius Slay goes to Philly. Yeah, can't get away from one seven in green. He's he's still going to be out there and still going to be making plays. Uh, when when we look at what the, the Philadelphia Eagles have at quarterback in Wentz, we saw a little bit of Jalen Hurts and we know that. Over the last, you know, decade in in the Aaron Rodgers era, certainly mobile quarterbacks have given the Packers some problems. Could this be a week that that Philly says, "Look, Wentz was bad again. We have to get Hurts in there for more of these maybe wildcat looks or whatever it is." I certainly think so because um, you know, if if Wentz does come out bad and the Packers make his life very difficult, I could see Doug Peterson saying, "You know what? You're in." And then seeing what he can do with his legs and see if they could put a spark on this offense. And again, that's the last thing you want as a Packers defense. You want to just contain Carson Wentz. Hopefully it's him mainly at quarterback and go from there. Because again, this should be a win for the Packers. It's just, you don't want them to look down on their opponent, which I know they won't. But uh, yeah, you, you certainly don't want to see Jalen Hurts out there running the Wildcat and getting like 30 yard gains there. That would be very bad. But it's something that I'm sure Packer fans are going, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> it's just, it just seems how that's how things have gone defensively for them uh, over the years. It, I think it's going to be, frankly, a very similar game plan to what they did against Chicago. You're going to play a lot of safe coverage, make Carson Wentz make throws. And this is a weird thing to say about a guy who was an MVP candidate just a few years ago. But you want him to have to go 10, 12 plays, because if you do that, he's probably going to give the ball up. And it just is the conversations we're having about Carson Wentz at this point are really remarkable. And it looked it looked crazy when when the Packers drafted Jordan Love and when when the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts. But as we're sitting here now, all of a sudden that doesn't look crazy. And and who knows, maybe in a year or two years, it won't look crazy with the Jordan Love thing right now. It looks like the Eagles were sort of ahead of the curve on saying, yeah, Wentz might this might be a problem for us. Yeah, I mean, you have to feel for the guy, too, because, you know, his offensive line is not good. So you probably like, you know, if I step back, I'm going to get hit or a guy's going to be in my face. So you have to believe that's, yeah, that's part of it. When, you know, Aaron Rodgers has a a compliment of guys who, you know, like an Elton Jenkins who can move along the line and they protect him. And that hasn't been the case for Carson once. But yeah, like you mentioned, it's it's crazy to think that a couple years ago he was on such a different level than he is now. But you know, when your confidence is shot, your offensive line isn't good. It just kind of takes a toll. And 
Unfortunately, he hasn't been able to find it this year. But again, you just don't want him to find it on Sunday. <laughs> right. Well, you mentioned the last week that this should be a get right game for the Packers defense. It was for three quarters. The good news is if you if you want to see them play 60 minutes of defense, which is what Matt LaFleur said he wanted to see after the Bears game, this could be the opportunity because this offense is an absolute disaster. We will talk next week. Lily, thanks. Thanks, Peter. I want to thank Lily again for joining the show. Love, love, love talking to her. And uh, she the, the interview with Adrian Amos is great. Go check that out. Um, I even posted the Tavon Austin highlight videos if you want to check that out. Because Tavon Austin, I mean, it's it's pretty remarkable what he was able to do in high school. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. I had someone send me a tweet today. And say, hey, you know, I, you know, I, I heard this on Locked On Bucks. I heard this on Locked On Packers, and I thought, okay, I'll just, I'll get a box. And he said that they absolutely delivered. The peanut butter brownie flavor was particularly delicious, and even his wife liked it. She apparently did not want to like it, but she did. So this is the real deal. I'm not just up here talking. I have tried these things. They are unbelievable. I was. Floored. I, I told the guy, I said, look, I was dubious when we got the ad copy. I don't, this can't be right. And then I tried them and it is right. This is the best tasting protein bar ever, even though they're low calorie, low sugar, high protein and high fiber. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code locked on to get 20% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code locked on to get 20% off. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow, crossover Thursday. Packers, Eagles, get set for a matchup that has Green Bay favored. Uh, it is over a touchdown now. Last I saw, it was Packers minus eight and a half, which is actually more than they were uh, giving against the Bears. So, I uh, I mean, I did ask Lily, do you think Wentz is better than Trubisky? And the fact that I even could in earnest ask that question, I, I think tells us a lot about what this matchup looks like. And to Lily's point. You do not want to make this a get-right game for the Philadelphia Eagles and this offense. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up in the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you could do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.